At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. And this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Daily fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up because you would not be coddled. Um, the truth lives here. And you guys can always shoot us an email. I'm mad. I M M A D at unafraidshow.com or shoot us a text message. 818-293-7547. It's 818-293-7547. Today. Rachel Nichols versus Maria Taylor apparently has become the most divisive thing in sports. And of course, more idiotic takes about it. Uh, Steven Jackson says that black people should boycott the Olympics. 
I don't know about that, partner. Um, name, image, and likeness deals are a plenty, and strategic partnerships seem to be ruling the day. And there are asterisks, apparently, next to NBA championships. I don't believe so. If you win, you win. Nobody puts it. Nobody will be talking about an asterisk a couple years later. Uh, but people talk about it now. And of course, the best of social media and cancel or consequence. So yesterday was the 4th of July, Ralph. It was the independence of America. Uh, celebrating 1776 was that uh, and that turned out to be a divisive issue because I actually had a talk with my kids about it because we just celebrated Juneteenth. Right. Right. So when in celebrating Juneteenth, we also have to make sure that we acknowledge that there is a difference between that you can acknowledge that the country was founded 17 uh what july 4th 1776 but yeah. also acknowledge that black that it wasn't that black people weren't free at the same time so it wasn't their independence but it was the independence of the country so i recognize those things as two separate events so i am okay celebrating or or taking the day off and all that stuff and celebrating and joining in the festivities for 4th of July. I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I can, I can look at um, major league baseball records, Jimmy Fox or, you know, Babe Ruth or, or, or something like that and understand that those records exist without um, any black participants, you know, it, it, those are not equivalents. I'm just saying that you can appreciate something for what it was meant to be prior to the inclusion of everybody who should have been included from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You, you, and, that was a great think, example. Baseball yeah, was I, a great example. And I think that, you know, it, it's it's an interesting one for me because it's, um, you know, I got a picture of my dad's dad, uh, my dad's grandfather hanging above my bed. He, he's a cowboy. And then in my office, I got a picture of my dad's uh, great grandfather on his mother's side who, you know, was a northern Cheyenne chief. And every holiday means something a little bit different to to um, different sides of of the paternal side of my family. And I think that's just something that you you have to understand. It's OK to recognize the context. That's not taking anything away from you and how you celebrate. And honestly, for a lot of people, they're not thinking about America. They're thinking about lighting off Roman candles like. Yeah. And so it, it, I would say, you know, not to take it too seriously. I did learn something yesterday that I never knew before. I feel like this is probably something that they should be teaching um, to very young children because I learned that everybody got together, signed the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson went way out of his way to make sure that it included all men are created equal and that you have the right to pursue um, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I was always under the impression that John Hancock signed his name so big amongst everybody else because he wanted King George to know that his name was on it. What I found out yesterday at 37 years old for the very first time is that Declaration of Independence was never sent to King George. They sent a different Declaration of Independence really? that only had two signatures on it. John Hancock's being one of them. And the I reason, didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I. 
the reason that they didn't send, send the Declaration of Independence that was signed by representatives from all of the colonies. They didn't want him to kill him. Exactly. Which, why am I learning that at 37 and how come you didn't know that now? Like, how do we not know that? That King George, because I was always curious about that. Like, how did King George react when he received essentially like this diss track on parchment? Right. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I looked it up. I was like, hey, so what? when did it actually get mailed? Because somebody, the, the whole thing started when somebody posted on Instagram. It's really funny how all of those people who are anti-gun are celebrating a day that was won with a gun. And I reached out to him and I was like, I mean, I think that they were actually celebrating the mailing of a letter. The gun stuff came later. And, and and it eventually like justified us celebrating the sending and signing of this letter, but that that was later. Like Independence Day is about the Declaration, I thought. Um, and and then they wrote back to me and like, oh, I guess you're right. Was it actually mailed on July fourth? And I was like, well, the mail probably worked a little bit different. It wasn't you know it wasn't an email. So uh, and I ended up finding out they sent it to a printer. 200 copies got printed with only two signatures on it and King George got one of the 200 copies while most of the other people in the colonies got the other 199. There's 26 left of those originals um, that were printed and they only had John Hancock and one other person that was like the president of the Continental Congress at the time. The, the one that everybody signed was kept preserved, but kept secret from King George. So he wouldn't know who to go out and murk for putting their name on this piece of paper. <laughs> I knew none of that. And I would love for people who listen, listen to the show or watch the show online to tell me if we're stupid. But I feel like that's something that I should have known always. I mean, see. Okay. I agree with you, right? But then when you realize how much stuff in history, I mean, like like negative stuff about the country or even just historical events that weren't like flattering, right? All of that yeah. stuff has been left out of history. So, of course, stuff like this was left out of history as well. I mean, it's like, yes, yes, that should have been taught. But at the same time, all of this other stuff should have been taught as well. So it so there's no coincidence that a notable event and how it took place would be left out or sugarcoated or or glossed over in some sort of way. I'm just trying to think of all the times in my life I've been like, guys, if we all put our names on this, they'll have to take us all seriously. That's how America started. Like everybody banding together and putting mm-hmm. their name on their work. No and, uh, secrets. Nope. <laughs> turns out, no turns out secrets. that is not you gotta the protect case. Your, you got to protect your own ass, man. That, <laughs> that was the lesson number one. Secrets. Secrets. That way nobody that were to, to protect the... The innocent or the innocent, but the guilty in England and King George's mind. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. That's what <laughs> very, anybody ever asks very me. Very fitting. Anybody ever asks me who I voted for or how I voted, I'm going to be like, look, if the founders didn't have to put their name on the declaration that got sent to King George, I don't <laughs> I'm have to tell you my shit. Name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking about putting your name on shit, um, it is time for wait, is this cancel or consequence? No, no, no. This is not cancel or consequence, but it damn sure could be. So 
ESPN has a big ass problem right now. Maria Taylor, who's one of their young up and coming stars. She does football, does the NBA. She was a college athlete. She's pretty. She's young. She's uh, tall. Like she looks athletic, like every, and she's good at her freaking job. Quick, quick. Yeah. Yeah. She's witty. She's really good at her freaking job. She's also really young, too, in experience compared to, like, Linda Cohn, Rachel Nichols, other people as well. So her contract is up, and she may be leaving ESPN. ESPN obviously wants her back. So ESPN, they put her on the—this is last year, not this year. Last year, they put her on the NBA Finals. And Rachel Nichols was not happy about it. Doris Burke often does the sideline reporting, which I honestly, I feel like is beneath Doris Burke. Like, I don't mind her doing sideline reporting, but she's so damn good at the color analyst. I would rather hear her than Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson, um, uh, Stan, I mean, um, Van, Van Gundy, even though that they're good, I would rather hear Doris Burke. And sometimes when she's relegated to sideline reporting, I feel like that I've been, I feel like it's beneath her, but, but not, not that sideline re- reporting is bad, but it's a different gig. You don't get as much airtime, all of that stuff. But anyways, Rachel Nichols was mad that she didn't get the job that she was replaced by Maria Taylor. And a job he, that she says, a job that she says was in her contract. Mm. That's a, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Not just being mad that you were replaced, but operating according to expectations. Yeah. Is that this was going to be, this was going to be in your contract, but somebody came along who they felt like was deserving of sharing the load. Yeah. Which happens. Yes. And this happens in media all the time. And here yeah. is what. And Rachel Nichols was secretly recorded on June 13th, 2020, but it wasn't released until this weekend. <laughs> and uh, interesting timing. But here's what it sounded like. Also, in that conversation, the person that she's talking to was like, yo, between the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, I'm kind of out of it. Like, I don't have anything left. And she laughs and makes kind of a smart comment. So she's being called racist. She's like, oh, that this was a racial comment, all of this stuff. What was your take on it, Ralph? Ralph. 
Ralph, we can't hear you, bro. I muted myself because I knew I was about to say something stupid and get canceled for it. It gives me it, what's nice is it gave me an extra 10 seconds to think about my response. But I have I think I think I've switched up a few times thinking about it and where I've ultimately landed before I get into the nitty gritty of how I got here, where I ultimately landed is like, who the hell leaked this and why at this point in time? Who does it serve and what does it do uh, to do anything more than just muddy the waters and cause unnecessary drama on a situation that should have been handled behind closed doors by responsible adults. But to go back, you sent me this while I was on a hike and said, Hey, am I, um, am I off base here? Or is this not super controversial? And I listened to it without any context other than what you just said. And I got back to you and I was like, no way. No, like this is, this is the way that people in media talk about each other. And this is a pretty mild version of that. Yeah. And even though it seemed like a passive aggressive, I wish her well, it was ultimately at the end of the day, somebody advocating for their own job that they feel like existed within the context of their own contract. And because I hear so many conversations like that, even with respect to referencing diversity hires and the way that white corporate guilt comes into play, because they spent so long not advancing people based on the merits of their talent that then they do feel pressure to turn around and and give people opportunities that aren't necessarily fully based on talent because they spent so long not doing it the other way. If that makes sense, like there should have been eight other Maria Taylors is the point that I'm trying to make. There yeah. should have been. See. Yes. Okay, go on. So, with all that being said, I did flip-flop a little bit last night on just just thinking long and hard about the idea that you would reference somebody as a potential diversity elevation or diversity hire or they're pushing further success based on past failures. The fact that you would be sort of open flippant about that with somebody else. I'm not a big fan of talking about people who are not in the room uh, and saying things that I might not necessarily say to their face. I felt, and I I felt, I almost felt like the way that Rachel Nichols talked about it for the article that dropped, um, which I think was a New York times article. I, I think I understood when Rachel Nichols was saying like, it doesn't matter what my intent was. If Maria Taylor was hurt, she was hurt. And that's something that I ultimately have to atone for. Then you go on to read the story and say like, there is no atoning, but Maria Taylor wants absolutely nothing to do with her. And because of that dynamic, the show has kind of gone off the rails, um, which has caused people to need to take sides, which is, seems to be completely unnecessary and facilitated by ESPN being indecisive and not, not getting everybody on the same page and dragging their feet on this in the first place. So then I kind of waffled a little bit to say like, Oh, well maybe Rachel Nichols did do something really, really bad by just bringing up somebody else's business in a situation where she shouldn't have. But then I had to go back and remember like, Oh, Maria Taylor or Rachel Nichols bringing up somebody else's business was literally actually bringing up her own business. Cause she's talking about what her plans were and what her job situation was going to be in relation to how she was getting bumped out and replaced and, and everything like that. At the end of the day, this is about two people who I feel are pretty good at their job, but who I ultimately feel 
especially working in this business is in the way in the periphery that I have and you working in this business two people who are incredibly replaceable just because you know their name doesn't mean you won't learn somebody else's name there's a lot of people who are qualified for the jobs that those two do and for them to act prideful and possessive about those things is not a situation that I feel like I would ever be in because I would never feel like I was that untouchable or irreplaceable and you know damn sure that I'd never walk back in and ask for Stephen A. Smith money because even Stephen A. Smith is somebody that I believe could be. It, I, I don't think the jobs that these people are doing are, it's not rocket science. Yeah. And so um, all of this is something that's being taken way too seriously. I think people are projecting a lot of their own issues into the situation. And while it wouldn't be fair for me to jump in here and say, Hey, wait a minute, everybody who took this as a seriously racial comment, you need to calm down. I do want to jump in and say, like, I do, for the most part, believe this was a woman who was concerned about her own job security and stability and let her own pride govern her conversation. I think it was a lot more about pride than it was about anything else. But that could just be my privilege. I don't know. So you tell me, George. Okay, so I will read what I tweeted. Right. I said. What Rachel, what Rachel Nichols said was not racist or racial, but that, but that doesn't mean that she was right about why Maria Taylor was given that particular assignment. That she sounds like a person who's trying to protect her job, and she's also right about the company's past diverse past about the company's past on diversity and with women. And the fact is, though. That companies are very aware of the optics. Sometimes they put a token minority or woman in position instead of the quote unquote best person because they failed so miserably in the past at hiring the right people. But also the best person sometimes is a different minority or woman than they chose. So sometimes they put a token person there and that token person is not the right person, the best, the quote unquote best person for the job because they failed so miserably at actually interviewing and hiring those people. And that companies, not just in media, have done such a poor job of that, that now people don't trust who they hire and then try to blame it on some bogus racial issue. But sometimes it's true. And for me, I knew that Maria Taylor was going to be a star in the future and that they were going to put her on everything when she uh, when I saw her a few years ago. But Rachel Nichols is a star. She's a super vet, but she's older. And she also has the right to be frustrated when she's replaced. But that doesn't mean that she was replaced for diversity. It could have been for a move for the future because they knew Maria's contract was up and she wants certain things. But the problem is, is that the past has been so sketchy that now people can't believe just any old thing that you say. So that's that's my take on it. And I got called a coon, a Uncle Tom. All of this. Stuff I saw I saw several people ask you if you were running for office. Please explain that insult to me. They're like, are you trying to just take both sides, playing both ends against the middle? And basically, yeah, it's 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 like the it's like the sellout move. 
Like, oh, oh, he's not black. He's OJ. And I'm like, just because I'm black doesn't mean that I'm supposed to agree with every single thing that you say. Like that. And the idea. So, like, was it lowbrow for her to take a shot at that? Yes. But the company's history at this and the history of them not hiring the best people and even watching the best people. Just in, I mean, and interviewing the best people in general has been so effing bad that it does allow people to question it. So I understand the rationale of questioning it, especially when it's in your contract, but that doesn't make it true. Do you, do, do, are you following me here, Ralph? Yeah, I guess. I th- The thing that I get really stuck on is that the vapidity of this business, and that's when I say that word, I'm I'm insulting. Like vapid to me is the most the worst thing that you could be. Um, because it's it's a mixture of self obsessed and not impactful. Yeah, you know the vapidity of this business. Like we're not out here solving the world's problems. We're not. We don't matter all that much. All we can do is do our best and be our best as, as people, nobody is going to remember, like people remember Howard Cosell. People remember a few different broadcasters here and there. Al McCoy, who you can see um, this book right uh, up here, Al McCoy, 88 year old broadcaster is about to call the Phoenix suns um, NBA finals um, at 88. I'm sure there's a lot of people that, are more than capable that have been waiting to replace him for a really long time, but everybody's letting him go out on his own terms, you know, and, and he's a really, really good dude, but there's plenty of people who hang on too long just out of ego. There's plenty of people who are just worried about getting as much screen time as they possibly can. If you ever want to look into some truly interesting stuff, look into how Adrian uh, Wojnarowski ended up at ESPN and look at the people that got moved out because oh, from, Adrian from- Wojnarowski – from Yahoo. Yep. Exactly from Yahoo. And, 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 and Woj is one of the best to ever do it, but you got to understand like to be a scooper or to be in this business or to get some of these interviews, you have to have a level of hyper competitiveness that can put you on the bad side of a lot of other people. And you got a bunch of people in the same pool because you, you look at ESPN and you think, Oh, that's a team of people who must all be friends and they're all out to entertain and yada, yada, yada. no, Mike Golick and Mike Greenberg didn't get along. Yep. Like those, those guys from the, those guys have all the fun era of early sports center. They did a really good job, but they didn't always necessarily get along. You had Sean Salisbury back in the day when he was there doing some inappropriate things. Like it's not a family. It's a workplace, just like your workplace. And you have to think about the people at your job that you don't like the people at your job who might be gunning for your position or your responsibility. And just understand that this business isn't that much different. Right. It's just exists at a much higher level of visibility. These people do not deserve our energy put into their arena of them jockeying for who's going to be the most important person at their job where they are very replaceable. That's all I'm saying. And so the idea that all of us are jumping in to have opinions on Maria Taylor versus Rachel Nichols, even though there is no Maria Taylor versus Rachel Nichols, there is 
ESPN with a massive problem because their talent won't communicate with each other. And a person that they'd like to retain wants more money than they're willing to pay. And people are leaking things to make each other look bad. That's a toxic situation that, in my opinion, if I was part of, I think I'd advise everybody to bail out of. But not everybody's going to bail out of it because there's only one camera and they got these big contracts and people want to be on TV and they, they want to have their name known. And that's just that like that's not a game that I play. You know me, George. And so I can't it's hard for me to put myself in that situation and look at everybody in the situation and say, like, actually, you're all the bad guy. Yeah. Every single one of you who thinks that this is so important that you wouldn't communicate with each other or that you badmouth each other behind each other's backs or that or that a certain number that is more than most college educated people would make in their entire lifetime as an annual salary isn't good enough for you. Most of that stuff is not relatable to the common person. And so the idea that we need to be taking anybody's side in, in, in a TV argument in an inter office spat is very weird to me. Uh, But if it has to be part of society's culture war and, and racial reckoning, then so be it. What Rachel Nichols did was stupid, yep. and um, and and she she's going to have to reckon for it publicly because ESPN oh. doesn't look at a private conversation being leaked as something that is against company policy. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are like, "Oh, she should be fired because that was racial." Racial. I was like, "She should not be fired." I didn't think that that was something that was fireable. I thought that she was a person who's disgruntled about work. And exactly what it is that that I said. I'm I'm sorry if you want me to jump into. Oh my God! And, and yes, is it difficult for black journalists and for and what what I've already said about people to get jobs and been passed up and all that? Yes, absolutely. I just talked about the best people have not consistently been hired and promoted. So I, I don't know what else you want me to tell you, but Rachel Nichols did issue an apology. So the first thing they teach you in journalism school is don't be the story. And I don't plan to break that rule today or distract from a fantastic finals. But I also don't want to let this moment pass without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN, how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor, and how grateful I am to be part of this outstanding team. Okay. I'm just thankful that she didn't freaking get on get on there and cry. If she had got on there and cried, I would have been I would have gotten upset. I have to be honest. Like there is nothing that makes me more like frustrated than than like than like fake woman tears. Like just like like I'm going to play my woman card to like I get more sympathy. Oh my god, I'm damsel in distress. I need I need help. No, man, you are a powerful woman. You're powerful all the time. Own that. Own that. In, in these situ in these situations. I don't know if I agree. I think a normal human being who just caught called a piece of shit by a hundred thousand people um would be emotional about it. Uh, I, I do I do understand the concept of crocodile tears, and I do understand that people who are professional entertainers um, and who have a career in television do have the ability to feign some of that emotion. But I mean, if the emotion's real, the emotion's yeah, real. They, but but that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have come off as real to me had she been like at the uh, end. I'd have been like. 
get your ass up out of here. That that would have frustrated me. I got to be honest. Okay, um, so let's talk. Let's talk about Maria Taylor for a half a second, though. Okay, Maria Taylor doesn't want to hear shit from somebody else who works at her office. Yeah, and because of that, everybody's having a bad time. Okay, so so. Do at some point we, do we have don't to say know like what all the right, history we get is. It. they may not have been cool to begin with. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I right, don't but know you still what the do your that is. job. Yeah. At some point you still have to do your job. So ESPN has to step in and be like, do your job, or yeah. it's not your job anymore. Correct. I am and all that's, in that on goes that. for everybody involved. Yes. Do your, do job your damn your job. job I don't want to hear if if I were them, I would call them in the in the office. I'd be like, look. She apologized. You don't have to accept the apology. We want you here. We love you. We will try to keep you guys from working together as much as possible. But if you do, shut the F up and do your job. Be a professional. We we, we don't put you in the studio together. Maria's going to go do football. Rachel's going to be off for a few months. I, I, I and, and anybody else who wants to take sides, if it's, if it's, uh, Molly and freaking Jalen and uh, Jay Will, whoever else, Perk, don't want to hear it, bro. Don't want to hear it. Just, just do your damn job. You, and that, there have been right so now, many. You're seeing the difference between ESPN and Barstool or the UFC or any because these are all entertainment businesses. As much as they want to say that Rachel Nichols goes, oh, the first thing they tell you in journalism school is don't become the story. You're the one who wanted extra airtime, Rachel. Like you're not you're not a capital J journalist. You're an entertainer. You're at the entertainment sports, whatever PN stands for. (laughs) (laughs) You you are part of the story. And the one thing that Barstool does that I I do I don't know if respect is the right word, but I'm very intrigued by is anytime there's any inter office drama at this level, Dave Portnoy uses it to actually drive more attention to Barstool. He will get out. He will cuss these people out in public and say, you should be even grateful to have a job here. But since you're going to litigate this stuff in public and backstab and leak stories and everything like that, might as well get you both on a podcast right now. Soak in the engagement. Everybody's notoriety. Everybody's infamy goes up. And and let's wear this thing. The UFC does the exact same thing. ESPN is still living in the day of like, oh, we're embarrassed to have our names sullied. Like, no, who gives a shit? This is an office full of people who are all competing with each other, who we now know don't like each other very much. Either get out in front of it and handle it, or you look like an ineffectual, like just soft, soft organization. Oh, prime. You should not. At any company, and I think you know this, George, as somebody who played in the NFL, you should never feel like you have the ability to rock the boat this hard at your job. Yeah. Never. And maybe maybe I'm coming from a place where I'm completely incorrect, and I'd love to have a conversation about this. But I feel like you're somebody's employee. You should be walking your ass around on eggshells, earning that shit every single day. Okay. See, I do think that you become that there are some times where like Michael Jordan became such a face of the NBA that he could make waves in the NBA. Right. Right. I also think that that does happen in companies. But I think that your example was perfect about what Barstool and stuff does, because I've had this. Okay, Clay Travis was over at Fox Sports Radio. Right. In FS1. 
I've done a TV show with Clay. I text Clay sometimes, all of, all of this, and if I think he says something outrageous, I will call him out on it, on Twitter, on text, on anywhere. I have no problem with that. And the reason why is... Well, our private conversation, you don't dislike Clay Travis at all. No, no, I just get he's it. Another, he's another human being in your industry. You guys disagree about stuff. Yeah, and 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 sometimes I believe he does, does stuff, clicks and all of this stuff. I get it. I I I I understand the nature of the business. Start a fight and let other people argue about it. Like that like I get it. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we're both over at Fox Sports Radio. Nobody is going to text me. I mean because I'm not saying either like yo he's a moron this and that, but there has been stuff like that that's happened and you should embrace it. If, especially if you can debate stuff and talk about it, I'm in on it because it actually drives ratings. It it actually increases the conversation because now you can get an actual truth because when you get one side of things, because they say there's his side, her side and the truth. And it's all relative on some level. So I believe in that relativity. And when you bring those ideas together, now you got something going. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The next thing up. Do we need to cancel? Cancel? Or is there a justified consequence? Let's find out now. Your boy, Steven Jackson. My boy. Hey, Phoenix Suns draft pick, though. Yeah. I will give him that. He wants... So, we aren't even talking about him weighing in on the Rachel Nichols situation. He talked about... He talked about that NFL, I'm sorry, that <laughs> that Olympians, because of the, Shik- uh, the the Shikari Richardson incident, it brought, he was asked about it. He was like, yo, I didn't bring it up. I didn't talk about it because I don't even know why black people are going to the Olympics. Anyway, we should be boycotting the Olympics, not just because of Shikari, because the country don't love us back. And... And see see how they do without any of us competing. On one hand, I understand what he's trying to say, I think, which is that some of the changes that people want to see in this country, if black people actually stood together in a moment like like this and were like, nah, we, we, we ain't even going to your Olympics, that that may cause some sort of change. I get that. But... You got to go back to Ralph's statement that people are a lobbyist for their own self-interest. Even go back to slavery days. You had people who lived in the in, in, in the house and would snitch if somebody else ran ran away. You had people who were slaves out in the field that still wouldn't run away. And then you had people that would. Everybody is going to make the best move for what they feel like is best for them. But sometimes that so aligns with other people and what is best for them as well. So that's how you get movements and all of that. And if Olympians, they get one shot sometimes every four years. And this year, a pandemic, it got pushed back. You're a year older. One more year of somebody else competing, getting uh, better to compete against you. This is your one shot at not only fame, but at your life's work and your life's goal and your opportunity to to cash in big on the back end. Sometimes you're one opportunity and you're going to pass that up to give away your microphone. And I said this about, do you you remember I talked about this about the NBA bubble where Kyrie Irving wanted the NBA players 
to not play. He was like, yeah, we we uh, shouldn't play in this moment. And I was like, no, that's the worst thing possible because you give away the microphone. You can go out there, ball, play ball, then people are going to listen to you after the game and you talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about because people are listening. And if you don't play, the, the, the amount of people listening and pay attention is a fraction of that. And that's exactly why the Olympians should be going to the Olympics. That is true. And another thing that is true is that when Steven Jackson says, why should we even be part of the Olympics representing a country that don't love us? There is no such thing as a country that does or does not love you. The country is ambivalent. Your God has the ability to love you. Your guardians, sometimes. You have the ability to love yourself. That's it. Any other expectation for anyone else, anything else, any entity to show you anything. Forget love, interest, or even even disdain. Anything. For anything or anyone to show you anything is not something that you can hitch your wagon to or set an expectation by. You can't. It just does not exist. Plus, this entire idea of the country being any one thing is completely laughable. It paints this picture that America is still like a commission of 10 old white men who decide who to put on. That's not how any of this works. This is how we get to conspiracy theory mindset. The world is indifferent to your predicament. The world is indifferent to your talents. The world is indifferent to your strengths. The world is indifferent to your sufferings. All you can do is build a network of people who you care about and hope that they reciprocate it. The Olympics are a wonderful opportunity for you to go and showcase your God-given abilities that you have enhanced through your own time and effort. You should never surrender an opportunity based on the fallacy that some entity that doesn't even exist, the country doesn't love us. The country isn't a thing. It's not a thing. Does your grandmother love you? Does your okay. grandmother know how hard you work? See, Does your grandmother what? want to see you run? Then go fucking run. It see, has nothing to do with here, anybody else. Here, here's the thing is that it's not the country itself that can love you. It's the residents of the country and, and, and the powers that be in the country. But they're not that, one thing. It's not I, a model. I, I, I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. I, I also. And who this, owes you love? So, so here, here is where I think that there is a, a, what he's saying and what you're hearing are two different things. So as a black person, here's the way I look at it. When someone says the country doesn't does or doesn't love me or love you. Right. Is that as a black man, I feel conflicted at times about the country because I love being an American would not want to be anywhere else born anywhere else happy to be here all of this stuff right 
But when I look at my history, right, my history has been stolen from me. I don't know what my real last name is. I don't know what country my family is really from. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anybody past my grandparents and then one great grandparent on either side, like what their names even are. So don't even know. So and I talk about my my son had a school project a couple years ago and they asked uh, to talk about some of your culture and customs of your family and your history and all that stuff. And it made me sad because I was like, hold up. I don't have my my country and my history is what happened this weekend. Fucking Nathan's hot dog eating contest, barbecue ribs like like that. That's my history. I don't know anything else. This is my country. There's nothing else. So but at the same time in this country, I've been pulled. I While I have been afforded many other opportunities because because I was really good at sports and then being smart on the back end, all of this stuff. I've been afforded many opportunities that I wouldn't have got in other places. And I'm very grateful for that. But at the same time, I've also at the same time been pulled over by the police unnecessarily. I've been stopped. I've been questioned. The girl that I was dating her, I had more money than her fucking grandparents. And there she's clutching her purse around me. Like, and people are, oh, oh, I'm scared of you, the big black man. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to do nothing to you. I'm trying to live my damn life. So while all of those things happen in the country, it's not the actual country that's doing it. It's the residents of it. It's the residents that created the, the uh, law, systematic racism, any of that. So there is sometimes where black people feel conflicted about the country because they're like, I love it. This is all I got. It, it, it's like getting a mom and a dad. You only get one. This is all you got. But there are some times where in your home, some things may not go on that are good. And then some other things that are wonderful. So I think that that's what Steven Jackson is talking about, even though I don't agree with people boycotting the Olympics. I understand what you're saying. I just don't think that you should shackle yourself to a lack of a history to prevent yourself from creating a present. I don't think that you should surrender opportunity, leave money, leave food, leave fame, leave opportunity leave experience on the table to prove a point to an entity that does not exist, nor do they care. Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Uh, The next thing up, these name, image, and likeness deals. So a lot of name, image, and likeness deals are coming out now. Uh, Ralph, can you fill the people in on what's going on? Yeah, man, I'm uh, choking on my own tongue after going in on Steven Jackson there for a second. But I just, uh, I, you know, I, I get a little bit upset at anybody not taking opportunities that that are just there, that are that are uh, that are there for the taking. If you have the ability to take it, is the road harder? Is it unnecessarily so? Should there be justice? Should there be? Um, a reckoning should there be reparations always 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 we should seek the more just path but i don't think surrendering what is afforded to you or giving up on your own dreams 
to prove a point to, especially if you're right, to prove a point to an entity that actually won't care if you quit. They will actually feel good if you quit. Good if you boycott. Happy to not see you there competing. Why let them win? And and that's my point there. And so let's get into name, image, and likeness. Um, kind of an interesting time right out of the gate. I've got a lot of concerns about name, image, and likeness. Some uh, are the same as the other adults in the room, wondering if these kids are going to be able to pay their taxes, wondering if they understand that some of these people that they sign deals with probably aren't going to pay in full, uh, wondering if they're going to fulfill, you know, you got some people who are C students um, on assignments where it's just a matter of, did you do the full assignment, right? And it's not like a subjective grade. It's, did you complete it? And they don't complete it. Therefore, they don't get the full points allotted to them. That's going to be how some of these advertisements work. And so if you don't fulfill your end of, of some of these sponsorship deals that you sign, then um, then you're going to get into some contentious uh, issues with some of the companies that you sign with. So I'm watching all these athletes sign deals. I'm as the, as an adult, as a 37 year old, I am concerned for some of these kids, but at the same time, very excited to see some of the opportunities that they're getting. And some of these opportunities are really, really big. We've got an LSU gymnast who is going to be a millionaire. We got masterpiece son who is already a millionaire because of the deal. Um, that he signed, uh, we've got uh, Spencer Rattler, who I've seen eating at Cane's yeah. uh, in in uh, Tempe, Arizona, is now an ambassador for Cane's Chicken, which one of my favorite things in the entire world is when people debate whether or not Cane's Chicken is good um, on the internet. That's always a really fun one. But one of the most interesting things, and the one that, uh, that, that George um, is a huge fan of, is that Miami quarterback Derek King is trying to get some of this money from name, image, and likeness, allowing for you to cash in um, and then share it amongst yeah. the team. Uh, because I think one of the concerns that a lot of people have, and I've talked about some of my concerns, the jealousy, um, I, that's not something I'm worried about because that jealousy exists over playing time, opportunities that assistants give you, attention that you get in practice, how many people wave at you when you're walking on campus. Jealousy is always part of locker rooms. Um, the money would add an interesting element to that jealousy, but Derek King's trying to get out in front of it. Former Houston quarterback, current Miami quarterback is trying to make sure that anything that he gets, he uh, is able to make sure that everybody else eats too. I love that mindset. George, how do you feel about that? Okay. So I think that, so he, he's not saying he's going to share his money. It didn't sound like it sounded like he's going to share in the opportunities that 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 when there are signings, that way people will pay the money for a signing and then everybody will 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 sign and then they'll split that money equally. So that's yes. not De'Eric King necessarily having money coming out of his pocket. He's just saying, listen, I'm making sure that there's enough pie for everybody to to eat. But the cool part about name, image, and likeness is, is that it gives other people even playing ground. Like, yeah, you do have a leg up if you are the starting quarterback, right? Especially at a power five school or, or you may be in Heisman contention, any of that. All of those things are like, that, that means more money for you. But at the same time, if you're a lineman, like the like the lineman that just signed with Pet Petco or PetSmart because he he's playing around with his dog all the all the time. And Trey Tra Knox. Yeah, and yeah. there's going to be a bunch of guys 
Like, if you, I was ta- talking to my son who's 15 about this. I was like, son, you have to show and also figure out, too, what your other interests are. Because there's money there. There's opportunity there. You like to draw. Put up, put, put up your art. You want to play video games. Put it, put it up. You, you, you might end up in phase or something. You know what I mean? Like, you, like you, you just don't know that you have to put yourself out there. So whether you are a man, woman, whatever, you have the opportunity to go make money. But I do like De'Eric King trying to make sure that some of his teammates who don't have that yet, that platform, are able to, to eat. And I was talking to a college coach about this over the weekend. And he suggested, he was like, what happens when a kid makes so much money that he's like, hey, yo, coach, I got to be late, late, late for practice. I got this appearance. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting thing. No, F you money is yeah. a thing. Yeah, but. And, and that amount is different to, to different people. Correct. But here's the, here's the thing, though, Ralph, is that as long as you are famous because of your sport alone, right, it's going to be difficult for you to have those to do stuff like that. Because if the coach benches you, now your money's taken. Now your money can be at risk, right? Because if you get benched for violating team rules, as opposed to Haley Cruz in, in softball, yes, she's good at softball, but she's pretty. And she's like, she's beautiful. She's entertaining. All these things. She's so she's famous outside of her sport. Like, yeah, her sport gave her a platform at first, but now she can make money outside of being a softball player. And there yeah. are a few people like, like, for instance, Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson made money as a football player. But then there became a point where Chad Johnson slash Ocho Cinco became bigger than just being a football player. So people care about what Chad Johnson is doing in general as opposed to Chad Johnson doing with with football. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but you bring up Chad Johnson, and that brings me to another point of something that I wanted to discuss with you. What if somebody wants to have a collegiate athlete do something physical uh, as part of a brand partnership? Where do you draw the line on that? Because if you remember, Chad Johnson raced a horse. Remember that? Yeah, you can. You can as long as it's what if, not what anything if play- that physically puts you in danger. Then what if you're what if you're at, at uh, um, so let's say down in Arizona they got uh, Earnhardt uh, Auto Dealerships, um, and uh, their slogan is "That ain't no bull." And they used to have Tex Earnhardt when he was still alive uh, out riding on the back of a nope. of a Longhorn. They want nope. to put an athlete in the back of a Longhorn, or you go to you go to University of Louisiana uh, at Lafayette, and they want you to come down to some gator farm. <laughs> no, bro. <Anything laughs> for a photo to- opportunity. But do you think do you think a kid's going to be smart enough to turn down two thousand dollars to not go sit on an alligator's back? Yes. and pose for a photo. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I hope so, dude. This this comes down to like common sense. What do you think about this? This is the thing that I've been thinking about all weekend long and could not wait to talk to you about. And that is that a lot of these colleges make quite a bit of money every year off selling these jerseys. And now you're seeing Spencer Rattler's got his own logo. Several other players out there have their own logo. They're going to be selling merch directly, which is going to cut directly into the sales 
they're going to be competing with their own schools for some of those dollars. I love it. I would encourage anybody out there who is a fan of any of these uh, these college football programs to purchase things directly from the players on the team. Because when you buy a jersey and and let's say that you're um, a Stanford fan and you buy a jersey just because it had John Elway's number on the back, that money never went to John Elway. It never went to anybody who wears that number after him ever. It goes to some middleman administrator who is there to help balance the budget. Put put that money directly in the hands of the athletes. So if people do that, you know what the next level is, right? Tell me. That the school now has to license the player's logo or their name, image, and likeness to put on there. You see what I'm saying? Is that... Is that is that that's, that's paying players? That's paying no. players. They're, that's no, dangerously no. close to if the, if money from the school's athletic budget is hitting the personal bank account of these players, even in licensing deals. No, I think that's too close. I don't. I I don't think think so. The the uh, school schools pay for licensing deals. Companies pay for licensing deals all the time. As long as the licensing deal is standard, like is like if it's a 20% deal for them to put your name on the back of a uniform or to put you Spencer Rattler's um, SR logo and put it on a Oklahoma shirt, a Oklahoma Jordan shirt is what it is. Homeboy. It, it, it's going to be $2 more expensive, $5 more expensive, <laughs> but, but the player gets paid. You get a quality product that you know and trust already in, in Jordan or uh, Adidas, Nike, whatever brand it is. Okay. You are already going to buy that jersey, but now the player can now be compensated for it. That, that's what's going to happen if they see a dip in sales. But here's, here's the other side of that. How does some books, not all books, but how do some books end up number one on the New York Times bestsellers list? People buy their own books. People buy their own books. company buy their own books. What is to stop a college from having a booster drop 100K on licensed shirts that they're sharing alongside a player to either convince them to not transfer or come to their school in the first place? Yeah, but that goes to – but they're literally giving the majority of the money to the university at that point point, point in time. Who cares? Who cares it, dude? Because it's dude, still a backroom deal of where the college. Cares if they, can, oh, all right. So what if I do? What if they bought I it do. directly from Spencer Rattler's website? Who cares, dude? Because all of that money goes to the player, and I don't give a shit about that. But <laughs> it, the money is not the money's not coming. A school can backdoor direct a booster to drop a hundred k on a fulfillment from Spencer Rattler's website. And I don't have a single issue with that. What I have an issue with is a college being predatory coming to uh, one of the, one of the, one of the student athletes and saying like, a because first of all, you know, some of these colleges are going to hit their own student athletes with cease and desists. I know that for a fact, because I watch some of my own friends make apparel that is dangerously close to some of the college uh, um, programs that they root for, either in color or font, and they get hit with cease and desists all the time. Yeah, because to tell them to go through, close, if it ain't close enough, you ain't gonna win that fight. You can send all the first cease letter, and desists all you but want. That, 
that first letter is still going to come. And what do you think is going to happen when one of these college athletes gets a cease and desist from the school they go to, and then they drop that cease and desist on social media? Holla at a player when you see him in the streets, man. Holla at a I just, you've done enough business in your entire life and I've avoided doing enough business in my entire <laughs> life that I feel like you and I know some of the potholes that are coming. Yeah. And I want to protect some of the kids from some of them, but at the same time, it's stuff that they're going to run into later. Yeah. And so I, I kind of want them to also oh, have dude, real world experiences this. so I long as it's not this. debilitating. See, I love this. And the reason why is because you've seen the empowerment of the athlete over the last 10 years, right? Yeah. And now it's trickling down because who started this name image and likeness? who would have been the biggest beneficiary of name image and likeness in the last six or seven years. I personally feel like I personally feel like that would have six or seven years. That's outside of the Manziel window. Yep. <sighs> Baker would have been up there, man. Mm-mm. You, you, you swinging a miss, bro. Swinging about, a miss. Talking about uh, touchdown, Jesus, Trevor Lawrence. Nope, not even Who? him. Who? Lamelo Ball. Yeah. Imagine because well, Lamelo Ball would have gone to college in the NCAA. Yes, okay. because he would have gone to college instead of going to go make make money. The big baller brand situation would not have been even illegal. So then they would have probably partnered with somebody who was able to give them a better situation. Dude, they would between Lonzo, Lelangelo and LaMelo, they had the Facebook show. Imagine if they were actually able to make money. They would have not only had a Facebook show, they would have had a real TV show, a real reality show that kept them eligible Dude, they would have made a, a fucking mint, dude. I know we're going long, but I do have a question for you because uh, many businesses have to take on debt in order to ultimately be successful. Would you advise some of these student athletes if they're um, if they're trying to get into this business at all? First of all, some of these student athletes are going to go their their portfolio is going to go to the moon off reselling. Yeah, because a lot of student athletes that I know are already in the reselling uh, reselling game and doing pretty well in the reselling game. But if you can do it publicly and you can say, man, I got these kicks off of this athlete. Yeah. Um, th- that's going to be huge. They're going to get in an NFT game, all that stuff. But would you advise some of these student athletes to borrow in no, order to, absolutely. okay, so that's, <laughs> no, way. I'm with you. No I'm with you on that. Cause I'm with you on that. Cause the reality is, is that you can drop ship, your merch like you don't have to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of t-shirts you can have them order it off the website and they print them there are companies that do this all all day yes yes your your profit is lower but your i mean like you you also don't have to worry about inventory all of that stuff you let somebody else worry about it and you worry about football would you advise colleges to get somebody on staff specifically to handle the fact that these players merch that they come up with um, is going to get ripped off because that's another thing Ooh. that these players are, are, yes. are not going to be they, used they to. They don't even They're know about, about, to get, about that. They're going to get <sighs> fucking, they are going to get oh ripped God. off. Because Spencer Rattler's logo. Ripped. Yes. It's going to get ripped Rattler's off. Spencer logo is going to be sewn incorrectly being sold in, be uh, in Juarez, it's, it's Mexico. It's like the Jumpman shoes that are like that. <laughs> it's going like, to look like tr- 
Trogdor from Homestar. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Um, but they, they, these kids are definitely going to get ripped off, especially if anything successful. They are. That's why the, well, the, the big name kids like DJ Uangalele who just signed with, uh, Vander sports with, um, uh, with, uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. 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 Gary, Gary V. The business. How does that not position Gary V to then sign him to Vayner sports? What are you talking about? How does it not? As long as they don't do anything stupid, (laughs) it's, it's a layup, bro. Uh, that one feels a little just signed with no, somebody just signed with CAA. Yeah. I did quarterback for development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bro, this agents are like, yeah, we got them early. Cap capitalism's messy. Some of these athletes are about to get like they're they're about to get some dirt on their hands. It's going to be interesting to see how the colleges um, navigate some of it. I'm gonna get us. We're, we're gonna sign our first athlete. Yep. No, I'm dead serious. No. I, I got one pinpointed and everything. Ooh. He is somebody who is trying to get into grilling and cooking videos. We're talking oh. about a six six, two hundred and ninety pound offensive lineman who already had a cooking YouTube channel before. He, this is a D two athlete who used to be at University of Montana. He decided to go back and use his final year of eligibility, put off his his uh, grilling dreams. Of of being uh, somebody who is a media personality who takes you through how to cook meat um, to go back and use his final year of eligibility, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get him on board. That'll be our first one. Okay. We're, we're doing this, George. We're involved for sure. I love it. Yes. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, now it is time for the best of social media. Now, 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 here's the best of social media. The best of social media where we literally show you the best things from social media. Here's the first thing. The Olympics are coming up, and this is from the Paralympic Games, and this is a blind track star. I didn't even know that this existed, and it got me all in my feelings. And here it is. This is a blind track. And this is a blind track star running the 100 meter dash and he basically has a guide like a, a human guide who's running with him which i Who think has to is be the elite athlete correct that's the other th- i was like this dude running with him has to be extremely fast too because just because you're fat just because you're blind doesn't mean that you can't be usain bolt fast yeah it just means that you can't see where you're going and but it's then to you keep need, him you gotta in find his somebody yeah you gotta find somebody who can go step for step with you who you might be better than like that. That's uh, after the ocean caught on fire two different times this weekend. That was the video that I needed to see to really put me in a position to be like, man, we're okay. Sometimes yeah, like that, that was cool as hell opportunity. I love it. Yep. Uh, the next thing up, Tyler hero was trending on Twitter uh, because he was getting an off season workout. He was boxing and coming from a guy who boxes twice, a, twice a week, this video made me holler. It made me scream. All I know is Tyler Hero better never go into celebrity boxing. Dude, that uppercut, it looked like a cartoon uppercut. He's punching the he's punching the amits, but there is no defense even thought about. I it's frustrating for me when I see athletes train in boxing and their trainers don't teach them actually how to box and defend themselves just in case they ever get in a fight. I mean, just like there was dude Tyler Hero couldn't beat up my 15-year-old son. But he would he would duck he would he would freaking faint or or something and he would come with a right hand straight down the pipe because his face is just 
his chin is out there saying, hit me, hit me. I, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I think it's perfect because what's the what, what what's the point of what he's doing in that video? It's obviously not to look cool because he got roasted. Goddamn. <laughs> so dude, what what is dude, the point? He's only what's slightly better than Stephen A. Boxing. Okay, but what is the point of what he's doing? Is to get in shape, right? Yeah. First of all, he's putting in way more effort than he needs to on those punches, so he's going to be in very good shape. <laughs> his his wide ass cross. <laughs> I'm making fun of the guy, but like I. I he's doing a lot he's doing a lot so he's definitely it's definitely going to do the job he's definitely going to in shape second of all is he ever going to box probably not no like all i can think about Tyler hero is never going to box ever therefore he may he may have to fight somebody defense at all he may have to fight somebody if somebody tries him on these streets man hey and and you know what and then he throws one of those punch and then they will fall over dead laughing and he'll win (laughs) Dude, he will, he does not need. Also, bo- boxing and fighting don't need to be the same thing. He's never going to get in a fight. He's never ever going to box anybody. He's doing this to stay in shape. Going extra like that probably helps him get in better shape. Anyway, dude, he doesn't need to play any. Defense. All I could see, all I could hear in my in my head when when him throwing punches was, "Oh, you can, oh, you can." <laughs> <laughs> and the whole the whole thing is throwing punches, right? He was literally he, he throwing looks like punches. Ken from Street Fighter, but the but the but the ten cent version. Hey, um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie though. If he connects with one of those long wide crosses, it's gonna hurt. Dude, it takes six years to get there. He would have to he would have to be fighting somebody equally as terrible who <laughs> has no head movement, who can't even see a punch coming. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, but it would hurt still. I promise. Yeah. All right. The next thing is Ralph is excited about this because the the uh, the uh, Bucks and my sons are playing in the <laughs> NBA Finals. Your sons. Okay. I, yo, I've adopted them. I've adopted them because of Chris Paul. I'm rooting for Chris Paul. And I'm going to keep that in mind that you can just adopt things that are mine for when one of my sons is getting on my nerves. <laughs> call George. Hey, you know how you adopt things that are mine? Come get one of these kids. Uh, well, Jared Palmer in 2016 at on November what third 2016 at 7:39 p.m. he tweeted out 2021 NBA Bucks versus Suns Game Seven Bucks win 123-115. What is going to happen? If Joey Heim sees this and it comes true. Man. Oh, we might have to shut it down. <laughs> like I I would there would be systems of belief in my life that would be shook <laughs> if this goes seven games and the Bucks win by that amount. Not only will I With be that extremely impressed. Yeah. <clears throat> I, first of all, it'll take me a day to process that it happened because I'll be pretty bummed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that is so specific and so extreme. It's one of those things where it's like you get the first five lottery numbers right on your ticket, and you know getting the sixth is a one in two hundred million chance of happening. But that it's still a one in two hundred million chance. Yeah. 
and that level of anticipation is it, it, so is you're cr- saying there's a chance. Yeah, but it's going to be Suns and four, so it doesn't matter. All right, I got I got Suns and six. Um, can I hit you with a Can I hit you with a fun statistic? Yeah, between 1988 and 2012. So what is that? 24 years. Yep, roundabout. The Bucks did not win in Phoenix. Okay. The Suns have owned the Bucks for as long as I've been alive, even when they were bad and the Bucks were good. Yep. And they swept them this year, even though there was some referee effery going on. Yep. All right. Here is the last thing and the absolute best thing from social media. July 2nd, 2021, where dreams became a reality. Uh, Kevin Cash. Actually, hold on. Let me set this up. This is <laughs> I caught Ralph. Um, I'm going to cough. Is, this is Phil- I'm Philadelphia, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, quote unquote, pitcher, Brett Phillips. <laughs> He's actually a position player and he went out there and had to pitch because they were down 10 to one. And you know how baseball players teams do when they're down that much, they will put in a position player. They don't want to mess up their rotation. And he's talking about his awesome performance. Mind you, he threw Pitches anywhere between 94 miles an hour and 47 miles an hour. July 2nd, 2021, where dreams became a reality. Uh, Kevin Cash came up to me in the dugout and said, hey, uh, you know how to pitch? And I mean, first off the bat, what kind of question is that? Um, I mean, I, I like to think that I have like a Mariano Rivera-esque cutter. Randy Johnson type fastball, a repertoire that I didn't even show last night because I didn't have to. That's how I warm up when I'm a pitcher. Obviously, the last time I pitched, I was 14 years old, but I had to stretch everything out, you know, and that was the best way I knew how to do it. And uh, it's just unfortunate that they got my stretches on on camera. Uh, Intimidation factor um, to Teoscar Hernandez, one of my ex-teammates, essentially trying to get in his head uh, by letting him know that he's got no chance. I had a swing and miss on him. He's an all-star, so it says a lot about my pitching skills. Um, But, yeah, I was just really getting inside of his head out there. And then, obviously, the sprint out. Uh, Just that's that's the approach I take when I come out of the bullpen, just ready to go. Some people on Twitter are already calling me the next Shohei. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of, you know, rewarding. uh, But I know the Rays aren't too happy about that because uh, I have, hopefully I'm I'm blessed to make it to this arbitration case at the end of the year. And I know we'll definitely be using one of those as him as a comparison. You got to stay on your toes. When I, when I show 94, you got to respect that when I'm throwing 47, that at any time I'm coming at you with a fireball in travel ball, one, one outing. Um, yeah, that was the last time I pitched. What am I, 27 now? So it's been quite a bit of time in between, but, you know, it didn't matter. You saw you saw the ice in my veins. You saw me go out there and competing. My teammates know just from watching me pitch in the outfield in between innings what could have potentially been on display, but I didn't think they knew how like electric it was going to be. Great that performance. I uh the the press conference performance yes. was uh was a ten out of ten. Yes. 
and him mixing up a 94 mile an hour fastball with an Evis pitch was like an 11 out of 10. I love <laughs> everything about that position players. Pitching to me is one of the more fun things about baseball. Uh, didn't we talk earlier this year about someone getting <laughs> homered off of? Yes. When they put a position. Yes. Like that was do you think, when do you uh, think uh, the this, White Sox were playing. Right. Do you think if that last, the, the, the fly out that he gave up, do you think if that had gone over the wall that he would have been a whiny sniveling ball no. of turds? Like, no. yeah. So let's just, let's just realize that baseball can be fun and have some more fun. This was fun. Yep. I loved it, dude. And that is the Reister or wrong for today. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Peace out. Catch you guys later. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.